Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm uh, doing a series right now um, called uh, What Got You Here? That's right. What got you here? And uh, the point of this series is to help you understand, help us understand the process that God has us on. Um, is an interesting process. We, we, we come to know Jesus and we all are on, every person here is on some sort of journey with Jesus. Like maybe this is the first time you've ever been in a situation where someone is specifically talking about Jesus. Well, that is the beginning of your journey into who Jesus is, what he's done, what he's about and what he can do in your life. I mean, he changes everything. But we're all on some sort of journey with Jesus. But here's the thing. When we begin to really walk with, with Christ, and those of you who are here who know this, holler, you can tell me, you can tell me you know what this feels like. Along the way, Jesus starts to change us. Now, that's all good because when you're like, okay, I can change. There's some stuff in my world I wouldn't mind changing. Um, uh, maybe I'm the only one who's got stuff in my world I wouldn't mind changing. But he starts to change even the things that you don't think he would put his hands on. He starts to change stuff about us that we never thought needed changing. He starts to bring things into our attention that we didn't realize that were like wrong, sinful, offensive to him and to others. He starts to change us in ways that we would prefer not to be changed. Who knows what I'm talking about? I mean... I just, I just like, I am challenged by this. But, but the thing is, God knows what's best. He knows the future that He has for you, and He wants it to be the best life that you can live. But along the way, what we begin to realize as God is changing us is that what got us here to this point, right now, in this moment, there may be stuff in our world that won't get us to where God needs us to go. Or it won't be stuff that, it won't be the stuff that, it'll actually be stuff that restricts us from where God has planned us to be. His purpose for us, His dream for us, the, the reason that you were created. Who knows that we have a reason? I mean, God's not into chance. You know, He is, He is, if you read the Bible, all throughout the Bible, you'll see the Bible was very laid out meticulously. God planned everything and and uh, your life is not chance. Your life is not up to a matter of events that kind of just blend into this kind of life. No, no, that's not how it works. There is a purpose for you. There is a reason that you are here today, that you are living this life. But let me tell you something. God, as He, as he brings you into that purpose, you need, we've got to trust Him. We've got to trust Him because if we don't, when He starts to say, okay, there's stuff in your world that got you here, but it's not going to get you there. We start to get a little nervous and we start to question God. And that's what I'm going to be talking about today. This whole notion that we begin to wonder whether or not God is correct, whether, whether or not this Bible actually says what it's saying, whether or not the process that we're in is God or not, or maybe it's just like we've got some sort of bad luck. Or we've got some sort of bad stuff going on in our lives. It's written in the stars that this is how our lives would be. And we begin to wonder as, as to whether or not this is right or wrong. And we question our very selves. Let me tell you something. God has a plan for you. 
And if you stop and begin to listen, you'll hear him speaking to you. He'll begin to speak into your world. But part of that speaking, as we learned last week, was with Peter, where Jesus said, okay, Peter, and this is one of the great stories in the Bible. This is one of the great stories in the Bible is, is where, where Peter sees Jesus walking on water and says, can I step out of the boat? Jesus says, sure. Peter, in his own belief, in his own faith, steps out of the, out of the boat. That's what he could do. That's what, that he knew enough of Jesus to be able to do that. But what, what Jesus actually wanted for Peter was for Peter to realize that he couldn't float on that water. It's all right to get out of the boat. It's another thing to stay in the miracle. And that's what Jesus was teaching Peter. To stay in the, in, the, in, the, in the miracle. To stay in what God had for Peter. For him to walk around on water like it was nothing. Like Jesus was walking around on water. It, it, it needed complete reliance. And it wasn't until Peter stepped out onto that water and looked at the ocean and noticed that it was windy. It's the funniest little scripture there in the Bible. It says that he stepped out of the boat and he saw the wind. Who knows what it feels like when you notice that the elements are not in your favor? Who knows what it feels like when you realize that you have stepped into something and nothing is going your way? Peter gets out onto the water and goes, Oh my gosh, I am... I am sinking. I am sinking. I am sinking. I'm, I'm, Jesus, help me. And that moment, Jesus reaches into his world and says, Peter, why did you doubt? And it was a moment of realization that Peter was relying upon himself, not upon God, for his miracle. And that was what got Peter out of the boat. It wasn't what was going to keep Peter afloat. Okay? So Jesus gets us into this position where we realize that we need him and we realize how self-reliant we actually are. And this self-reliance plays out in all sorts of strange ways. When I say self-reliance, in some of the things that I'm talking about, I'm very aware of the fact that when I say something like self-reliance, one may feel like that is like a a, a typical thing to say, yeah, I, I know, I need not be self-reliant. But the problem with language sometimes is it doesn't fully express the things that we as human beings experience. Like uh, self-reliance, uh, it, it has its hands on all sorts of stuff. I mean, a backup plan is a form of self-reliance. Right? I mean, Peter, when he stepped out of that boat, realized there was no backup plan for what he just did. Like, I mean, he saw the wind and the boat's like floating off and he's standing on water. There, there ain't no backup plans. And this is a thing with God. <clears throat> he gets us into a position where he's like, do you trust me? Come. And you're like, yes, I trust you, God. Awesome. I'm stepping. Ah! And then we're like falling off a cliff. And we're, what, what is going on? Where am I? What? And, and it's like, God is like, do you trust me? No, I don't. Because I had that backup plan and you've just torn it from me. I had that thing that was in the back of, that my, of my mind that if, if this doesn't work out, I'll do that. And if that, and there's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not um, having a shot at having a backup plan. I think it's good to have a backup plan. But 
you know, the thing is, is that we, we, us, we have all of these things that we think are means and measures that we can control life with. And then when life goes out of control and unexpected stuff happens, the first thing we do is question God. And it's in that question that God has got us to that place and, and, and we'll keep coming back to that question until we learn. Like this is, it's, not, it's not that God is cruel. It's not that he's mean. It's just that what got you here is not going to get you there. What got you to this point is not going to get you to where God has you going to unless you learn this point where you have become self-reliant or you are self-reliant in certain ways. And that self-reliance will come out when you go, God, I've done this and I've done that and I have this in order and I've done that. What, what am I doing wrong? Who knows what I'm talking about? What's going on, God? Why am I going through this? Why is this hurting? Why is this so painful? Because God is teaching you something. Let me read you a scripture about this. It's from John chapter 15. In John chapter 15, um, it's, it's a pretty tough scripture to read because it's like, okay, it's one of those scriptures where, where it kind of is basically saying God is God and we are not. And this is one of the big things in walking with Jesus is that we have to constantly remind ourselves he's, in, he's God, he's in control, he's going to bless me immeasurably. Everybody say immeasurable. But the problem with immeasurable blessing is you can't control it, so you get more than what you paid for. And you, you, work, you walk into situations where you weren't expecting things. And that immeasurability, according to us, sometimes means that things are going wrong and out of control. But, but, the, but, but you know, Paul, he learned this. He teaches in the, in the rest of the New Testament. I'm not going to go there for now. But he says, thank God for trials and tribulations. Because it's God, He's teaching you something. He, he's removing something from you that's going to keep you from what God has for you in the future. So, so here, here's, here's Jesus. He says this, He says, I am the true vine. And my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What is Jesus talking about? Anybody lost? It's okay, you can be honest. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Oh, thanks for the positive word. I'm just going to go meditate on that one. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Oh, I'll take that one. Yes. But the one before it, I don't like it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick that one out and I'm going to put that one on my Instagram. And just, let's just pretend the one before that, you know, the one where he says that you'll get thrown into a fire, withery sort of branch, like, I, that's not me. I'm just, 
I'm, I'm, you know, because I want whatever I wish. Yes, God, I want whatever I wish. Thank you for that, Maybach. Yes, Jesus, amen. This, verse 8, this is to my Father's glory. I'm just playing with you. You know that, right? You know I'm not serious, right? This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Have you noticed there's a word that he keeps on saying? I'm not going to tell you what it is, okay? If you keep my commands, you will remain in my loves, just as, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, that you love each other as I have loved you. Ah, oh, that's it. I'll just leave it there. I'll just leave it there. That's enough, I think. If I keep going, I'm going to lose you. But here's the point. Let's go back to this, to the very beginning of this scripture. It says there where he says, I'm the true vine. So picture this. It's an allegory. It's, it's not, he's, God's not a vine, okay? Right? He's not a vine, all right? He's, this is part of the Bible, is uh, the way Jesus would teach. He would teach in pictures. He would teach in ways that would put a picture in your mind so you would help you to understand the concepts, okay? So he's saying, I'm the vine. So he's saying, me, Jesus, I'm the vine, and my Father in heaven is the gardener. All right? So you've got the vine, and you've got a gardener. What are we? What are we? We are the branches. Okay, we're the branches. And he says this, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, let's just stay on that for a moment. Have you seen a tree, fruit tree, that has branches that haven't got fruit on them? Let's just step back here for a moment. I want to ask something. Would those branches that bear no fruit, are they dead? They're alive. There's... There's, there's sap running through the veins and uh, there's leaves on them. They may look healthy, but here we have God, the Father, cutting stuff off Jesus, the vine. That's us. Branches. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Now, this is saying something about Jesus. Now, we could go two ways with this. We could go fire and brimstone. Don't have any sin in your life, and otherwise you're going to burn in hell. You're going to get cut off from the branch, and you, you know, you're going to get tossed in the fire. You could go that way. And I've heard that preached this way, okay? But uh, who knows that God is a God of love, and he, he, he loves to love us, and the love of Christ brings us to repentance. So what's he saying here? Because it's not speaking to sinners so much but it's talking about the way God works what God is saying what Jesus is saying is there is stuff in our world that's bearing no fruit and how does God economize those things what does God do about the stuff in your world that is bearing no fruit what does he do? He cuts it off. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's a bit mean. 
isn't it? I mean, I mean isn't, isn't that like a bit cruel of God? But who knows this? We have these little pet things in our lives that we like to keep. For me, just recently, one of the big things that God taught me, that God cut off, he came into my world. I didn't even realize it was a branch that was there, that I was just treasuring there in my heart. And he came and cut it off. And he's like, Ryan, I'm going to cut this off. Would you like to keep it or not? And here's the thing. He, he, he gives us a choice in these things. It's not like he just sort of like comes and cuts it and we're suddenly like had something cut out of our lives. It's like he, he has a process. He takes us through this, this point where he's like, I'm, uh, I'm going to cut that off. You know that, right? It's coming. It's gonna, you're going to be challenged. And there'll be certain experiences. And for me, the experience was when, when I have the phone call from my home, Ryan, would you like to come back and take 600,000 Australian dollars and replant a church in Australia? Three months, or about a month ago, I got this phone call. Would you like, you can, you can come back. We know you're having a bit of a struggle in, uh, in Mumbai with the finances. We know it's expensive. We know this. We know that. We're just going to give you the choice that if you want this, you can have it. And I, I suddenly, I was like, uh, and I said this in the, in the message a few weeks ago, in the Ties message, but, you know, there's two things that you need to plant churches, God and money, okay? And Doing what we're doing here has been a step of faith every week. Every week that we're in this room, it's a step of faith. Because we're like, it's expensive. Mumbai's expensive. We're in South Bombay. Everything's expensive up this way. Okay, and our, the scary thing right now is our church is growing, and it's like this room is getting a little tight. And I'm like, God, what are we going to do? Because I know the next step is not going to cost any less. Right? It's going to cost more. I'm like, God, okay, I've got to see you come through on this, right? And anyway, coming back to the story, I was really challenged. I was dumbstruck. I, for a few days, I couldn't come. To, I actually, I'll be honest with you, I didn't come to work. I was like, for a moment there, I was like, I want to I go back. I'm like, hold on a second. Why do I want to go back? Like, what's going on here? I'm like, God, I swear you called me here. I knew it was clear. It took me three years of praying to decide to come here. Three years. Didn't tell Rachel I was praying about it because I didn't want her to get excited. Right? She didn't know. I was just like, God, and every time I was like, oh, I can't do it. I'm too scared. I've got my business. I've got my, my church that I can. I mean, I, that, was, that was my inheritance, and I, you know, with that church back there. So, Dad, you know, they, 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 they do this and they call me. You can take it, Ryan, and, uh, you know, you can do it's, it's, it's on offer. And, and uh, I felt the Lord going, stay here. You stay here. You stay here in Mumbai. And, uh, and uh, it was confirmed across, it wasn't just me, it was confirmed across different pastors and I made some phone calls and I'm like, you think I'm crazy by being here in Mumbai? Do you think I'm mad doing what I'm doing? They're like, no, Ryan, you got to stay. What God is doing is incredible. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, it challenged me. 
So I picked up the phone one day, and this was the moment when my backup plan was cut off. Because I either had to accept it or not. And if I did accept it, it meant that you know, the process would get in place. But if I didn't accept it, then it would go to someone else at that moment. And I knew that that's what was going to happen. So I'm like, I made them up, picked up the phone. God's called me to stay here. Oh, but it felt so good. You know that moment where there's like a splinter? Have you ever had a splinter? And you're like trying your darndest to get that splinter out. You just can't get at it. But then you get the tweezer and the light, or your wife helps, or your mum's help, or mum helps you, or your dad helps you. Because I'm probably not your dad, but probably your mum. But I just, it's like, oh, kind of hurt as it came out, but it was so good to get that thing out. And 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 it was that was like for me, where I realised my backup plan was gone. Let me tell you something about God. He's not into backup plans. He's all in. He's all in. God is an all or nothing kind of God. And religion teaches us that we can just put in a few things here and just do a few things there and just do this and that and, you know, whatever we need to do and, and whatever is required of us. And then, you know, you can just go on and continue to live. You're, oh, God, you're so holy. You're so separate from me. You're so different. You're so this and that and this and that. And, this and, that. and we just keep him there. But when it becomes about relationship and he comes into our world and he starts to mm -mm 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 chop stuff off that we don't want chopped off. We get into a, the situation like Peter where we're like, okay, I'm out of the boat. I'm in my miracle. I can see the wind. I can see the elements. I can see that it could go really wrong right here. God's like, are you all in? Or are you doubting? And uh, this, for me, is where this message is coming out of. And I, it's a message for our entire church right now. Whatever situation you're in, let me tell you something. God has brought you to that place where he is like, are you in or are you out? If you're out, just remember what got you here may not get you where God intends. And there is stuff in our world that he will cut off because it's just not bearing fruit. That backup plan for me was bearing no fruit. And, and actually, on the other side of this whole process, I'm actually kind of like, I feel freer. It's the most bizarre thing. I feel like I can grow somehow because I've cut it off. Well, God has cut it off. He's put his hand on it. Okay, isn't that cool? God, I pray for every person as we look at the stuff in our world that's not bearing fruit. The unforgiveness, that doesn't bear fruit. The stuff you hold about your past that was wrong and was injustice, that doesn't bear fruit old religious expressions that you're only doing out of tradition and fear will bear no fruit. Old ways of doing stuff. I remember back 20 years ago, it was amazing. 
what God did back then. Yeah, it was 20 years ago. God's doing something now. You know, the past will bear no fruit. The past will bear no fruit. It's the future that God has for you. Old things that went wrong in business that you keep going back to. You're like, oh, I can't do it again because I, I remember 10 years ago when I tried to do that and it failed. And you, every time you dream, every time you start to get an idea, you shut it down because you, I don't know who I'm speaking to right now. But, but every time you get that idea, you shut it down because of your past experiences. Let me tell you something, it will bear no fruit to remain there. God wants to cut that branch off. And let me tell you something. When God cuts something off, you know, have you ever seen when it, have you, anyone ever done any horticulture? What happens to a branch when you chop it off on a fruit tree? You know what happens? New life sprouts forth. Beautiful green. Little baby shoots come out of that area. Because the, 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 the no longer is the, is the nutrients of the tree that it's drawing up from the, from the soil getting wasted on a branch that bears no fruit. See, this is what you've got to understand about God. He wants you to bear fruit. But how much energy are you spending? How much, how much time are you expending on stuff in your world that's bearing no fruit? Old memories, old unforgiveness, old past issues, old stuff. How much you, listen, that energy that it takes to think through all of those things and to go over it and to, 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 to meditate on it, 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 it's robbing from your future. It's robbing from the fruit that God is wanting to put in your life. It's like he's given you the source. He is the source. He's put you in him. He's grafted you in. But then he begins to cut off that which bears no fruit. And the, 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 I've got a few minutes left. There's another point I want to go to. And this is where it even gets harder. Just tell, just tell the person next to you, it gets a little harder, but then it gets better. It gets harder, but then a little better. Okay? You ready? Because this, this, this part messed me up as well. The first part where I just that whole, I spent 10 minutes just sharing my own personal story and that's messed me up enough. But this part is like, I'm like, what the heck, God? What are you doing? So he, he says here in verse uh, 2, you can keep it up. Verse 2, yeah, it's up there. He, 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 he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Thank you, Jesus. Cutting off that old stuff. Don't need that. And then it says, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Hold on, let's just read that again. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. I'm not talking about prunes from... <laughs> he prunes, you know, he puts prunes on it. No, pruning means he cuts it. Hmm. And this is... You know, we, we go through life, we've got good stuff going on. And we can look back and see what God has done. And we can see that there is fruit there. Good things. And we know that God has got us on a great process and we're feeling high on life. God, I've got this going on now. And it's been since I met you. You know, I've got this thing happening and that thing happening and 
I know there's something that you're doing here, and and I know that, you know, that 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 you're gonna do something, and I know that you're gonna provide, and I I, I know that there's hope, and I I just can see it because I can see the fruit, I can see the fruit, I've seen it. But then, then but then this this is like this moment where this big knife comes in and ruins the it's like ruins your high. It ruins your moment. You're like, what? Hold on a second. I was, how come I've got family trouble right now? Everything was going right. And then this thing comes in and it's going completely wrong. Who knows what I'm talking about? When you're going through life, you're winning. Like you're hashtag winning. And then all of a sudden something happens. You're like, hashtag, I want to get out of here. Because Jesus is going to prune even the fruitful. And here's where the gospel is essential to understand. Because this is where the enemy creeps in. This is where the devil creeps in. And there is a devil. He is evil. He wants to rob, kill, and destroy everything about you. He creeps in at these moments. And he says, see, look at all the sacrifices you've made. See, look at all the things that you've done. See, look at all the stuff, the right things that you've done. It means nothing to God. He's still angry with you. You still are marked with that same brush. You know, that person who means something in your world comes in and says something about your past or about the way that you are or about stuff in your world that you've been trying to overcome and and you get reminded. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's who I am. And the enemy comes in and says, yes, that's, that's who you are. You've got to understand something about fruit and about God. Fruit is fruit and God is God. Fruit is not God. Fruit is not God. We make our entire lives about the fruit, about what we can do, about what we've done so far. I turned 41 on Friday. Question, what have I done so far? It can go either two ways, you know, it's either good or bad. You can look at all the stuff I haven't done. It has been fruit, but the mistake we make is when we make the results God. And the moment we do that, I I, I think God starts to come in and he starts to prune. And we don't understand what God's doing. We don't understand why. Like, no, I got something going on over here. And he's calling you in another direction. He's calling you in another way. He's calling you out of something. You're like, no, 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 there's fruit there. And God has come in. He said, trust me. But why does he do that? Why would he come in and trim things that may be fruitful? says it so that that branch which he prunes will be even more fruitful and this is amazing because if you've done gardening um, and ever raised a fruit tree what you do at the end of uh, the fruit tree season of bearing fruit is you cut off you cut back and there's a way to do it there's a science behind it you have to be an expert in fact 
it takes around about three years to be trained in, in order to do this correctly. You, you need to know how to do it. And there, there's, you know, a science behind it. They go in, they cut on an angle in a certain way, boop, so that that branch that is bearing fruit will bear more. Don't make, in those moments, don't make a God out of your fruit. Don't make a God out of the things you've done. Don't make a God out of every, all of your accomplishments because I'm telling you, if you do that, you're going to get disappointed. You, you, the, the fact is this, and, and I'm going to finish on this. Jesus gives the answer. It's like, okay, all right, so God's going to come and trim off the old dead branches and uh, even the stuff that is fruitful in my life, from time to time, he's going to come in and trim it so that there would be more fruit. What do I do all in all of this? What do I, how do I go through all of this? Well, Jesus gives the answer in, in verse 4. He says, remain in me. Remain, just remain in me. Oh, man. Now, that looks simple. I'm telling you something, it's hard. When God's gone on and touched the stuff that is very precious to you, when God's gone on and touched the things that, that, are, that are things that you've been holding on to just in case, what's our first response? I'll tell you what my first response is. My first response is to repel, reject, jump off, get out. Anybody else with me on that? But Jesus says, in these moments, remain in me. Trust him. Trust Jesus. He's not there to torture you. He's not there because he's a sadist. He's there because he's teaching you something that you need to learn. And if you remain in him, that's why in verse 7, there's this promise that we cannot pull out of this scripture. We cannot. We would do this scripture and this teaching of Christ, and this is some of the problems sometimes with the way the Bible is taught these days, is, is stuff is just pulled out and is just used as a feel-good, fix-me-up silver bullet. Um, the, the thing about Christ and walking with Him, it is a process. It is, it is a lifetime where He gets us into the place where He wanted us, where He meant us to be. And that is the place of victory. That is the place of blessing. But it takes a while. But... but it says here in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words, in other words, the word of God, the Bible, remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's mad. You get to a place where God is God, where there's no backup plan, where there's no nothing there, where, where you're ready for him to cut whatever... <laughs> that's the place where you begin to ask for things that are unbelievable and to see God provide.
but there is this, it's not a requirement, but it almost is like a requirement. It's almost like a, a place that God is drawing us to. And the place is this, where you can say to him, whatever you call me to do, God, I'll do it. That's the place where God becomes God. And we surrender. And this is not taught so much in religion these days. You know, a lot of the worship these days is me and me and God bless me and I love me. And it's like, okay, that's all good. There's this old song. It goes like this. I surrender all. I surrender all. I can't remember the rest of the words. All to Jesus. When you get to that place of surrender, there's freedom. And I'm not telling you this in a legalism sort of way. I'm not telling you like this so that you feel guilty. If you feel guilt, please, it's not what this is about. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to get to a place where you would go anywhere for God. You would do anything for Him. Wherever He calls you, whatever He tells you to do. You remain. You remain. You remain. You remain. You remain. And God becomes God. The Father becomes the gardener in our lives. He cuts off that which is not going to bear any fruit. He cuts the things so that they can bear fruit. And there's another parable, I'm going to finish on this, where, where Jesus talks about three servants who had a master and he gives them out, each of them different talents. He gives, I can't remember the exact numbers, I think it's he gives... Yeah, he gives five to the first, three to the second, and one to the last. The last one, what he had, he went and buried it. He just went and buried it. Didn't do anything with it. And the master comes back, but the, the other two, they went and did something with what God had given them. The master comes back. And he tells off that last one. He says, <laughs> You wicked and lazy servant, you didn't do anything with what I gave you. And then Jesus ends the parable with this. He says, the, the one who has been given much will be given more. And the one who has been not given anything will not have anything. And, and the whole point of the parable is the, 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 the stuff that that one guy had got taken off him and given to the others who already had. The point is this, is that 
guy with the one was so caught up in what he couldn't do. He was so caught up in his backup plan. He was so caught up in his own stuff that he didn't act out in faith. He didn't invest. He didn't make the most of what God had given him. He didn't, he, he just, just was looking at all of the other no's and past and stuff and he missed it. He missed it. If you want to be in that position where God is giving you more, it's in the surrender. It's in the surrender. It's in the allowing Him to be God the gardener, God the Father. Hebrews says he chastises us. <laughs> he chastises those he loves. As discipline brings in. Let's have a time of surrender before God. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.